Okay, I'm going to start this thing off. I'm going to give you a nice intro, Joe, okay? <laughs> because you deserve it. Because today, my motherfucking guest is a uh, legendary comedy club owner. And in, in a lot of ways, the um, Mitzi Shore of Canadian comedy, okay? <laughs> in L.A., Mitzi is the legendary club owner there. And in Toronto, we have a legendary club owner, and he's a male. And then the female top-of-the-line club owner uh, has had some of the biggest acts in all of comedy, let, let alone Canadian, just all of comedy. And uh, fuck, this year it came to an end, but that doesn't mean that not everybody was so happy to have been able to experience it. Uh, I'm sitting today with one of the greatest people in uh, Canadian comedy, Joey uh, Clandestine slash fucking underground slash whatever other names your comedy club has had the owner of the underground comedy club is what i call you in my head joey thank you for being our guest today how many years did your club exist for 13 holy shit 13 years and uh, tell us why it was special give us a little rundown of what made your club special oh i don't know we just had a lot of fun there over the years we uh had great shows you were a big part of that you broke a very big rule in the world of um of, of, of club owning which was you smoked weed in the comedy club and that made you one of the only open comedy clubs in the world at the time that did that you didn't just smoke weed you had weed shows you had a mushroom show that i attended a few times yeah, a where few of them. a few of them <laughs> where comics would do mushrooms go up on stage and perform and most of the audience was high too pretty wild shows uh you had some pretty crazy guests that we'll get into throughout who's your favorite guest of all time your best favorite guests you can watch them anytime at your club I, I i can't oh you're such a club owner. you're not you're asking me to pick between my favorite fruit and it just depends on the day right oh man uh, okay okay so who was one of your first big acts joey because you had a club for 13 years and it wasn't always um the big hot spot for the american comics it, once upon a time it was our hot spot for little canadian comics coming up on the rise i'd never even been to the original one which i heard was like a 10 seater what was the original 30, like? Yeah. Yeah. It was we like cram a little it, one? but um, first big act. Okay, it wouldn't be American, but he was legendary to me, Scott Thompson. Yeah, that's huge. Because I I grew up watching Kids in the Hall. I love Scott and Thompson. I loved that guy too. Uh, Isn't it great when you meet him? How nice and you're and just, genuine I was, he is. I'm still like my heart just skipped a beat thinking about that moment. I'm like, oh my god, Scott Thompson's in my room. Holy fuck, this guy's amazing. Scott Thompson was in your and room. And then at the end of the night he did his performance and you know he's hanging out and our friends kim and naomi yeah, yeah. and me were there quite late and they, they're of course just talking away and just kept rolling more joints and he's just chatting away he's and, a big pothead too yeah Loves and to smoke. uh i uh i remember sitting there like i'm exhausted I'm like how do i how do i deal with it like i can't and i literally i remember just being like this is fucking scott thompson you stay the fuck up this is wake it. yeah up. yeah <laughs> wake up go have a coffee go, go do something man okay i was so honored that he hung out and, scott is uh, actually one of the nicest people too like he's genuinely yeah. a uh, celebrity but he's also genuinely canadian he'll sit there he'll talk he'll smoke you he'll smoke weed with you he'll laugh do you remember anything specific from the night yeah, that you really love you don't want to piss him off he's definitely the kind of guy who's not just being like a fake typical Canadian. That no, guy no, that's got guy a has, sharp tongue. Dude, he's 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 got an edge to him. You're right. <laughs> he's got edge. so much edge. So I would not be the one that that would uh Man, he's wanna... such an artist too. Like he's a real artist. <laughs> anyway. When you meet him, you're like, oh my God, I get it. I get why you were so respected. He's a real leader 
and um, LGBTQ actors being like the lead in, in Canada too. Like mm. this guy was openly gay in the nineties. Man, Kids in the he Hall give a fuck. <laughs> is so edgy even by today's standards. I watch Kids in the Hall on CBC Gem all the time. Shout out to CBC Gem. <laughs> Man, they have every season of Kids in the Hall in high in HD. And uh, Scott Thompson by far is my favorite. Not because I've got to I've got to work with him too a few times, but uh, because of the characters that he chooses. He's mm. real edgy. He, he, he's always talking about weed in the show. His characters are always weed-driven. And then when you meet him, he smokes tons of weed. He loves it. And uh, he, I, he, so he's your first guest. Who booked him? Did you guys, somebody booked him? Like Boyd. Yeah, right? Pretty sure. Yeah, because they're friends, for yeah. sure. I'm pretty sure it may or may not have been that. But I think it was fundraiser for Joanna Downey. Oh, wow. That what was, a great night that is. Holy it, shit. I know he did that, but so I'm not sure if the night that he showed up First was the night that the fundraiser was at. Isn't I mean, that cool that in Canadian comedy, somebody like Scott Thompson will really just drop in one night and be like, hey, can I do 10? And you're like, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, you could do 10, Scott, Actually, you fuck. here's a segue. Just before um, we closed the club, he showed up not too long ago and uh, just came and say hi to me and got a beer and sat down at the comics table. And I don't remember who was running the show at that point. We're like, oh my God, do you think we can get him to do 10? I'm like, I don't know. You can ask. I, I don't know. He didn't say he was coming to perform. But um, go ahead and ask. And they asked. And he was like, no, honey, I'm just here to hang out. And I was like, yeah. How but cool also is that? Like, yeah. Sorry to the producer, but I'm like, yeah, he's just hanging out here. Man, when you're just Scott happen Thompson's to be in the level, neighborhood. you can't just go up there and not be like, you're just like, man, I'll just take the night off. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that, that he went to the club just to hang out. Yeah. He was filming, I guess, and they put him up at the Drake, or not the Drake, sorry, the Hotel near the club. I know which one you're talking about there. The New Bravi Hotel. Yeah, they yeah, came that's up it. There, so he's like, "Well, I'm, of course, I'm gonna go here." And he, yeah, and yeah. actually, we it was after legalization, and we were told to stop smoking weed. But at that point, we decided to cheat that night. So he was just like, "Sweet, <laughs> like, like man, you smoked weed right illegally night. in your comedy club." Now, I want anybody who's listening to this who doesn't know Joey's history to know. It's done now. We don't didn't Joey nothing. had a motherfucking comedy club, guys. Like, you know, on a good night, 70, 80 people ramming the place, drinking, smoking, smoking weed, not cigarettes, smoking weed openly for years without a complaint. And then legalization happened and they began to crack down on you. It's like, buddy, where were you for 13 years? We were here smoking weed. It's a gray area. They didn't have a bylaw person or a number to charge me with. Like, you're charged with section this and that. Here's your fine. Did they ever come back more than once? Uh, Yeah, they came back twice after that. And they happened to be clean that night. And they just walked in. And and I just realized there was a pattern that they were there, you know, right when we opened. I'm like, they're not going to show up at like fucking 11 o'clock midnight they always would show up around the time that you opened yeah as soon as it would be open they'd come in I'm like, so you know you dumb, let the first hour an what hour a and a dumb half fucking show. time to show up hey let's get them before they start or, fucking smoking. or maybe the bylaw officer was like oh if i get them then i can get the paperwork in and I won't have to yeah be, yeah yeah man i don't know i don't know how these things work man you but, you okay fuck joe man i, I started there was a thing called the mike if Rita. i thought it killed people i wouldn't let it happen that's that's why, why? Just saying, like, that's why we don't let cigarettes or blunt wraps. Because if, if to me, breaking a law, it's like I wear a mask often, you know, um, out on the street and definitely always inside. We didn't mask up today, but I cleaned up. I got, I, I'm tidy. But yeah, in the end, I, I sort of feel like I have to be respectful because that's not like smoking in someone's face. I don't know. Man. That's why I disrespected the smoking bylaw because I didn't think we were hurting anybody. The smoking bylaw was stupid. Everybody who came there was an adult, made the choice. Anybody who didn't want to be there would leave. Would just go. Would just go. 
Okay, and and it's and they can go anywhere else. There's five other comedy clubs open in the city on any. Day. <laughs> Scared Man, the crap out of me. That's Oscar. Oscar, get back over here. Damn. That's the funniest thing you could have on a podcast is the dog freak out. Yeah. Because that means everybody who was listening, if they had headphones <laughs> on right now, just had a small heart attack too. <laughs> or they think there's a dog attacking them. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't introduce the fact that there's... there's a dog in the room. Yeah, if you're <laughs> not watching the here. audio, if you're only listening and you're not watching, there's a dog in the room. Okay, Joey, we're going to use that dog break. Choose a weed. Let's choose some weeds, okay? Here, grab a couple All of right. things. We got... I don't know what we got here. We got sour diesel, zombie. There's uh, <laughs> so many sugar cookies. You can uh, even smell it. Maybe we should going. start with a sativa so we don't ruin the yeah, podcast. Yeah, we can find that. No, <laughs> here, this one looks pretty sativa-ish. MM. Do you remember what MM was? Mint something. Mint something? Mint. All right. I don't Summer. know about that smell. I don't like, I don't like uh, it's too normal. Like, it does smell kind of minty though. Does it? I didn't get. It. I didn't get it from it. That smells so normal to me. I was like, no. What's this? P arrow. P arrow, pink arrow. I think it was or something. Purple arrow. Purple arrow. All right. Smell that. What's that smell like? Flowers. Flowers. That does smell like flowers. They eh? like literally like roses <laughs> and tulips. Like flower garden. Man, some of these weeds. This is definitely diesel. Is it diesel? Yeah. Oh. Whatever. Okay, we'll start with whatever I got here. The purple arrow. We're smoking some purple arrow. Our 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 weed person is a company called Cheap Canna. Shout out to Cheap Canna. That's literally the name of the company. Cheap Canna. Cheap All right. Canna. I've never even heard of them, and now I have. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> you know. Now we're gonna judge your weed. Now we're gonna judge your weed, <laughs> Cheap Canna. You fucks. Man, what's the best weed you ever smoked? Oh, man. It's like asking me what's my favorite comic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm asking you all the hard. Uh, I do like a good salad. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Put, putting five weeds together. You can oh, never grow that. Cat, man. You can't grow that. Well, you it's still smoking? the same size joint. Just tiny nuggets. Of each. So that's my favorite way to smoke. When did you start smoking weed? Um, I'm kind of a late bloomer, but... I grew up um, second half of high school is in Halifax, so you can only get hash there. So I actually never had weed until I was 22. Because it was just hash Because and it was tobacco. only hash and tobacco, which is, is, is an amazing high. It's just a different high. We do BTs. I love BTs. Constantly. Plastic bottle? Do you guys have a, like a bottle for it? Yeah, we had a bottle for it. Yeah. And we'd have like um, hot knives. So if you want to have you a, know, a tube I did ready hot to go once in, in my freezer. life. I haven't the seen those dabs. I haven't seen. Yeah, those are the original dabs. I haven't <laughs> seen an oven with coils in a long time, like the like in our old apartments near Parkdale. All of them had them, but uh, we just don't see them anymore. And uh, man, hot knives were they worth it? Oh fuck yeah! I yeah, it was great, right? <laughs> fuck yeah! I did hot knives once as a teenager, and I can't remember whether or not I liked it because I was just too excited to be doing it. Like the adrenaline was enough of a high. I do moment. find that um, I I I still kind of do them. Don't laugh. I still have the same knives since college. Come on. I do. That's really cool though. I fucking still have this, and they're burnt. They're like black burnt and bent perfectly. Shut up, How can man. You, you can't throw that out, right? No, 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 man. That's it just awful. sits in my weed kit, and I once in a while. I have old I go bombs camping. that I love. Of course, man. I have old pipes that I love. You can't get rid of that shit. What's your favorite way to get high, though, Joe? Uh, well, obviously joints. I guess. Yeah. I mean, I do like edibles, but I got to time that. I can smoke weed all day long and I'm fine. 
Just depends on the strain. So. What do you mean time your edibles? Uh, like I don't eat them before bed because I I like to dream. Yeah, I, and I like no to dream. wake. I like to wake up in the morning without. Uh, but I don't. I sometimes have trouble falling asleep, but once I'm there, man, it can't wake me up. So an edible just gives me a 10-hour, 15-hour sleep. So sometimes I'll do that on purpose, though, if I really am having trouble sleep. Eat or a big old edible? Yeah. Do but, you have edibles uh, sitting at home that are, like, extra strong just so when you need them? Uh, like, what's a good edible for you? 200? 250? Or you need something bigger? <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, oh. you're like 500, Mike. Mm, no, not even. Don't laugh. You're gonna, what are you, what are you gonna I'll take in? like 20 milligrams, but like and you'll feel every, good. no, but like every half hour, hour. Oh, that's not that bad. So I'll, 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 over the course of a day, I'll, maybe that might add up, but I'd never give me 500 milligrams at once. Oh my not God. Right what about those? No there's people who do way. that though. They're like there's I, people who love that. I just don't know where my brain would go. And I like to function, you know, like I don't want to wake up with pee all over me. <laughs> I don't want to wake up like. What? Three days later, that's what 500 milligrams would do to me. But I could eat 500 milligrams in a day if I just took it in small parts. Man, I, I've done some of those uh, heavy edibles and I can't do it. Like to the point where I've gotten sick even. And I smoke weed every day. I'll eat your cookies. I used to eat your cookies and just go perform. It gives a shit. Man, you're, you have world famous cookies. For sure, nationwide famous cookies. Anybody who comes into town, they would want your cookies. Why do you, How long did it take you to perfect a good edible cookie? Oh, many years, but I keep keep kind of changing, honing the process. But Why? I don't, what do you mean I, don't I don't work with um, extracts. I, I decarb real bud and grind it in like a spice. Can you give me and uh, just imagine like you know you're not talking to be. What do you mean by decarb the, your weed? What is that? Because a lot of people will just throw straight up shake or something into like a brownie mix. Decarb is just a short for decarboxylation, <coughs> which is the big word. That says that it makes marijuana, you know, the way it's grown, it's not, it's not, you can't just eat it. And, and feel a, a full high. So that's why can of butter work. This joint is decarbing it as we speak. As we speak. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you can, you can decarb the weed before you cook it. But it's just, most people do butter because it's easiest and you can't fuck it up. When you make weed butter... So you, you, what's that little thing called that bag where you strain it through? I don't, I don't like that. So I don't, I don't make weed butter. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I, I'll take bud like this. Straight up bud like that. And I'll decarb it in a toaster oven. You mill it? Do you have to mill it? Uh, I break it into little buds. So it's not dust yet. It's just tiny buds. And then I decarb it in the oven. But you got to kind of watch it. And there's That's why you suddenly say, there's this moment when if you don't pull it and get it off burn. the tray, you're, it's, you're killing, you'll kill it. <coughs> Well, that's why it's, <coughs> it's easier to teach someone so how to make cannabis. So you decarb a fucking pan of weed, imagine, I would say, okay? You're going to leave it in the oven for that perfect amount. Your place always smelled like decarbed weed. Oh, my well, God. It stinks when I do it. Right, it, yeah, yeah. It sounds like it smells like I'm smoking lots inside. And you're just decarbing it. But, Man, that's so fucking funny. You get high off that air, too. It's kind of nice. How come you don't like the weed butter? Stinks. It's messy. I don't know. You can't get the sweet flavor I can out of decarbing the way I do. Yeah, you have You're also, very little I also, weed flavor in your edibles. The, the green part of the bud is a lot of starch in it. So this method that I do converts the starch to a sugar. Wait, what? The green part of the nug? Like the, the green, the actual green of the nug? All plants have starch. All plants have starch in, the, in their green or just... So you can, but you can sweeten that through that process. It's like browning butter. 
you know, you know how brown butter for cooking? Do, mm-hmm. you, do you understand that concept? Mm-hmm. You're sweetening it. So you're turning this, you know, what's in it a little sugary by 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 cooking adding it a little heat. bit. Yeah. Holy shit, yeah, like when you cook sugar into <laughs> caramel and that little process there. Jeez, you're tripping me the fuck out. <laughs> See, this is good because if I don't know this stuff, that means people listening aren't gonna know this shit either. It's just it's really precise method, and you pretty much gotta just sit. I do it in a tiny toaster oven so I can control the heat. Little toaster oven, you put a little tray of weed in there. And then I literally <coughs> pretty much sit and watch it. <coughs> it takes about Two to five minutes. And no, then, then that's I, how quick it is. Yeah, and you got to pull it right away, and then I put it in the freezer. What's the temperature of the little oven at? Um, at about two fifty. Wow, and only so have, like two to five minutes. One eighty-five, I think, is the starting point of where it melts. But I just do it a little higher. You're tripping me out, Joe. I never, I've never actually asked you any of this shit. <laughs> I've known you for like eleven or twelve years now. I've never asked you once to just eat your cookies. Not and get that the complicated. Out. It's just precise. Yeah, that's but. all. But when you make weed butter, you just throw the weed in the crock pot, throw the you know the butter in, put the lid on, and keep it on low, it. and just walk away. You can't you can't fuck it up. And then you just strain it. You can fuck it up. You turn the heat up too high, you can fuck it up. Or if you, the longer you do it, the more the, the chemistry converts. So, um, a, a two day butter is different than a two hour butter. The chemistry changes. So that's what some people swear. Oh, you got to do it overnight. Did somebody teach you all this stuff when you first started getting into it? Like when you first started so getting you know, into it. So, you know, the cookie. first, give me the first of his gym, you know, Auntie Jim. Jim? Yeah, he was my mentor. But he says, I taught him, I don't know. But no, I think he was my mentor, but he says the other. But we worked at the Toronto Compassion Club together and we both baked there. Jim, old but man he taught, Jim. He taught me the decarbing method versus butter. I didn't know old man Jim's been around like that. No, no, not Jim. Dab Jim. Oh. Auntie Jim. Who's that? Jim. The older gay guy that's always at every event and it hangs with Naomi. You fucking know. I know who he is. I'm just zoning out right now. You're zoning out. (laughs) Because I kept thinking Dab Jim. I'm like, Dab Jim has been around for that long? I can't believe you're stoning out. Sorry, Auntie Jim. Sorry. (laughs) I know because I probably met you a million times. Yeah, you have. Oh, my God. And I'm like, who the hell is this old gay man teaching people? Man, our community is one of the coolest communities for that. Cool old people. Like, how old? Oh, we got the best old people. Man, Naomi is like 90 years old. Not really. She's not old. She's in her 60s. I always say, just she's so wise, you know. Dude, she so she glides through. We have a we have a. I'm gonna tell the people at home that we have a like 65 year old, a nurse, who has been a pothead for like 40 years. And when you meet her, she is like literally 90 percent hemp. She is <laughs> all hemp, recycled hemp. Fucking Naomi, the shit. <laughs> so that guy teaches you how to decarb. You know that guy. Yeah, I do know. This guy is literally at <laughs> a million events, you know constantly part of the same group of people. <laughs> Sorry, Jim. Jim's going to watch this one day and be like, I've, I've, I've said hello to Mike Reed a million times. This is Jim, and he's awesome, guys. <laughs> he is awesome. He's one of the older, cool cats. He's not even older. He's like in his 60s, too, probably. Oh. Probably cool as shit. You know what? I'm going to say, once you pass 50, I really shouldn't bring up numbers. Doesn't matter. I'm okay with that. Yeah. He's just the older, cool dude. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been a big, big influence in Toronto cannabis community scene. Anyway, that's who Man, Toronto gave cannabis me. community. Now that you've said that right now, I'm going to bring this up. You are one of the hubs for the community once upon a time. Everybody I know, including the C- former CEO of Seven Acres and other people of that level were people that I met 
in your back room. People were doing dabs in your fucking back room as far as 2008. So that would be, yeah, 2008. I'm 18 years old, 19. I start coming to your room as a young comic. People were doing dabs at the time. It wasn't even dabs. It was like a wax type stuff. And they would do it on something like it was a hot rock and a tie swing, like a little like flat piece of metal. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember the swings would go on the bong. That's right. And then it, you heat up the piece of like a little piece tie of, that you could see was hand cut. Yeah, yeah, that was hand cut and just wound <laughs> and swing around. Swing it down and put your dab on. Dude, people were doing they swing were arm good. dabs 2008. This is pre-anything, man. This is so yeah, fucking... Yeah, dab culture has come a long way. Cause that was that was kind of gnarly back then. That was super gnarly. <laughs> I didn't. Man, those guys would warn me for like half an hour before I could do the Actually, dab. I remember the first time I saw a dab just on the top of a bong, like yeah. you know where you got the little bowl that holds it. <coughs> that design. I yeah, was like, was how about? does this work? I don't understand. <coughs> I just couldn't get how how it, the physics of it worked. Do you remember the convection. some of the first people bringing not weed oil? But the other form of concentrate, like who were some of the first people in our scene that you can remember bringing around what is now considered like shatters or that kind of stuff? Do you remember this guy, Shane? Shane, I wore, I wore what a funny thing! Like, You're wearing a shirt today. Holy I shit! I purposely wore. We can never forget Shane. King. Okay, shout out to Shane King, the whole King family. We did a whole crazy <laughs> party where I was on stage, like half crying with the audience one night. We did like a whole thing where we just yelled for five minutes for him because he's not the type of dude who wanted a moment of silence. He'd be so pissed if we just sat there quietly like, dude, we lived a crazy life. I can't sit here quietly. Shane King, 100% was one of the original dabbers. That guy was bringing but towards the shit. end, um, he didn't dab. He was an anti, not an anti-dabber, but he just stopped dabbing. I think he realized sure. the uh, effects of Fuck long-term dabbing. Amber will know. Man, you know, I'm, know. I'm actually against long-term dabbing. I think you should dab like the way you drink alcohol, like a liquor or something like that, like where it's sparse and it's not the thing that you just do. Because uh, I, I think it depends on some people. Man, I started suffering some, from some pretty serious I, paranoia, man. Who, who I did notice that really um, has a, it helps a lot is people who did drugs. Yo, the, uh, and 100%. it's simply and that's because you've got gear, you've got stuff to do. Man, how funny you know, is that? that? You're weird. fiddling and you're like, you're fiddling, yeah, yeah. but it's a healthy fiddling. And that's yeah, the one thing I noticed that you never ask someone who used to do drugs, like especially crackers, crystal or freebase Coke or any kind of hard drugs. Who's trying not to do drugs. Don't tell them they can't dab. Cause that is a one for sure person. You can just see like the fiddling. Man, and then, let like, them have all the dabbing. And they could just dab all they want. And they're not going to be and hurting nobody. And they're not going to hurt nobody. And what's Except their wallet. But even nowadays, dabbing isn't even that expensive. Well, you I think get... a lot of those guys make it themselves. <coughs> anyway. But Kay. that's one thing I, w- I would notice. But someone like me, man, I find it makes me crazy. <laughs> it makes me I need, crazy. I need, I need the whole joint. I need all of the plants. Man, it makes me crazy. Mm. I was pro-dabbing for like three years. And then my brain started, when I was too high on dabs, I could let myself go to places where I never wanted to go. And uh, even when I would try to control it and stuff like that, it would, it would lead to deep um, paranoid thought where I was worried about who I was as a person, but in a paranoid perspective and not of one of true self-like like, uh, like reflection. I wasn't looking at myself and being like, wow, I'm a piece of shit. I was just paranoid. Am I a piece of shit? Do I not do enough? <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? 
Like, I wasn't actually doing anything wrong. I was just living my fucking life. It's just as damaging thinking that, oh my God, I should be doing more. I was was paranoid that I wasn't doing enough as a father. I wasn't doing enough as a partner. I wasn't doing enough as a comedian. And in reality, I'd realized that that only happened when I used to sit there for three, four hours and get like 10 dabs in. You know, Danielle would come in and be like, Mike, you okay? And I'd be like, what? (laughs) I haven't haven't heard noise in three hours. Just the sound of the dab and the torch. Man, dabbing is fun if you uh, get like a gram once in a while and like you're like, you know, nighttime, you're watching a movie. And when it is good. No. Period day. See? Sorry. No, you don't got to be sorry, man. Guys. I, I want that open Girls kind of shit on the saying. talk. Anybody listening to this, do a dab on the day of your period, your cramps, your, extra, your, your moodiness. Extra edibles know. and um, high concentrations. I don't have shitty periods anymore. No. Oh, there he goes again. Oscar. Come here. What a freaking nugget, man! Oh, that's good though, man. Well, it's you're gonna use, we're gonna we're gonna do a quick commercial break. No, I'm just joking. We're gonna take a break right now. We'll be back after these messages with I our dog treats. Dog. Yeah, the dog's down, man. This dog knows what's up. Dog, I like getting high with dogs. When we were kids, we were teenagers. We'd get hot. We'd hotbox with my boy's dog all the time. We tried to hotbox with a cat one time. Nearly killed us. Just started freaking out. Closed the door. Started smoking, and within five minutes, you could. Let me in. <laughs> Let me out. He was oh. in the hot box. He wanted out. Yeah. And then uh, the ca- yeah, cats are not down a hot box. One time we. This I is think kinda... some animals just don't like the smoke. Man, a birds but don't like okay the smoke. They're okay with being high, but they're paranoid of smoke. We got a bird. He's kind of funny time, about it. And the bird wouldn't fly for like ten minutes. Just walked around on Buddy's house. But we you did must like. Must have been a teenager. Yeah, we were teenagers. We were like 13, 14. grade nine. So you're like thirty. Yeah, thirteen, fourteen. We held the bird. And we blew smoke in the bird's face, just like that. And we then we put the bird down, and he just walked around. Just uh, I could just see him right now, just walking around, <laughs> oh and all God. of us being terrified for a solid like five ten minutes. And then eventually we put him on a like okay, so Jeffrey puts oh him on his man. finger, and he's like, "You okay? You okay, birdie?" And the birdie starts kind of just moving around, and we put him in the cage. And about an hour later, he was good. But for like ten minutes, we just let him walk around. Birds don't take good to weed; they're just too little. There's little lungs. Just can't handle it. Cats hate it. Dogs love it. You ever get like you you, you can give dogs CBD nowadays. Nobody gives a shit. That's like an open. That's thing. at most pet stores. Yeah, yeah. Is that nuts? It's not cheap. The fucking sixty five bucks for a little bottle. And what do you put at like, the a pet drop? store? I don't know. Um, if you were to give your dog CBD, how would you do it? The only time I did was my last dog Mars because he had cancer when he Mars got old. Mars was so sick near the end. He was so sick, and, and I just started giving him RSO, actually, too. You gave him RSO? Yeah. Oh, my God. Sick. Can you imagine you cured him? I think though? he like, lasted a good year after they told yeah. me he had cancer. I'm like, he should have <coughs> died earlier. I'm pretty sure it helped him. Can we I talk didn't about give Mars him a lot. I didn't give him a lot. It was very... <coughs> How long was Mars early. the club dog? Well, um, he I got him before the club, so you got him before the club. Yeah. Mars was there forever. Well, he was fifteen when he passed. Oh, okay. Mars is what, like a little pit bull or something? What is Mars? Yeah, just a little brindle. gray brindle, brindle, a brindle. He's brindled. <laughs> <laughs> he was a brindle pit bull. He's beautiful. The best dog. He was what we call the comedy club dog. So he hung out in the comedy club. And man, there was many times where we were on stage and this little motherfucker would start barking at you. If you got too like, you're acting out a thing on stage, you're getting real loud or, or you would just run up on stage, rah, 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 just scare the <laughs> shit out of you. And everybody in the club would laugh their heads off. He'd get his own little applause break and just walk away super fucking happy. Man, Mars. Didn't happen very often. What he there was did one do, more though, other dog too. Who was the second dog? Fifi. Fifi. Yeah, she... 
she I couldn't put her in the club too often because she she got pretty rowdy. Really a fucking times. wanted to be on that stage. Yeah, and, yeah. Fifi uh, came on stage, man. There was one time where she broke free. I brought her to the club, but she broke free. I'd of the front room because I used to keep her behind the bar with just a little gate. Oh, I thought she broke out like she ran away on the streets. <laughs> no, no, no. She ran in. She heard that there was like some madness going on in the back. And what it was is um, Bobby Knopf was doing a uh, sketch and he had a balaclava and a gun and he was popping the cap gun and she was like, I gotta be involved. <laughs> oh and she my God. like leaped over the counter and ran into the back room ran up on the stage and like grabbed the gun out of Bobby's hand. No way. She was like, Arr. And he's like, get the dog off back. He just brought the, 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 the dog into the sketch and started pretending like that they had. Bobby, Bobby has was, been at the club for a long like time. But the so audience didn't know that that was, she, they didn't realize that the dog wasn't part of the robbery. He just threw it in and probed it. Yo, okay. Fuck oh it. God. I'm going to go deep. Let's go. Let's focus on your club fun. for a little bit, okay? I know that you're really humble, but I'm going to get you to not be so humble about your club. We're going to talk about everything, okay? Because you had multiple Joe Rogans. You had a whole bunch of A-lister comedians before they were giant comics drop in. You had what Jesselnik and uh, who, man, name, 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 give me like a good solid little list of names right now. Um, all right. Well, other than the ones you mentioned, um, Eric Andre, Tom Segura, Duncan Trussell, um, Ari Safir, um, Fuck. I, can keep going. I know you can actually keep going. Listen, keep I'm going to pretty much say any comedian who's on Netflix right now before Tony Hinchcliffe, dude, Brian Redman. Yes. Look at those Todd names. Glass. Oh my Todd Glass Greg Proops. Man. That um, just keeps going. The Sam list Tripoli. Man, these, these A-list American comedians got wind. One year they just started getting wind. Of, there was this secret club in Canada that you could do when you were in town where everybody smokes weed in the place and it's a hoot. And then you started getting attention. I was there the first year Rogan came by. I was such a young comic. And we were in the back and I, you know, do you remember how many people you stuffed in your club that night? We guessed around 137. 137 in a room that fits comfortably what? 65. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 80, it was pretty cramped. There's Let people all you. over the floor. All over the There's floor. There's like walls. People, I had five friends just behind the bar, as well as like the people that oh were trying to work. And there's no space to have five people behind the bar. Listen, okay, I'm gonna buckle <laughs> in everybody right now. We're gonna tell a 10 minute fucking story about this night Scott, because we got crashed. Man, like there it was, was people in there that weren't ticket holders. People just sneaking in the back. Sneaking door. in back doors. People sneaking in with their friends. Yeah, we have a group but what, of four. But they were all friends of ours or comedians. It was yes, all, those the, all the people. Yes, that, yes, yes. That actually paid for a seat got a seat. Got seats, and then everybody who else, else was sitting just around crashed it and just sat okay. on the floor. So show starts around what, like eight or nine? Because Joe doesn't come on till like midnight. So this is there's so much in between. Probably nine the or nine thirty. The first one was was. It was the second one was a bit longer. Was we it the waiting. second one that was really long? Oh, one of them was so that. long. Okay, so the second one is the and one I'm thinking of. And then there was the third one, which we call the No Rogan Night, which is when Jesselnick came in his place. That's pretty funny, man. Because Rogan, no Rogan was trying to. We just couldn't get a hold of him, and I guess they kept him at interviews till like 1.30 in the morning or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, and then he called it a night. I remember anyway, that. Anyway, uh, long man, story short, but crazy. Rob had managed to get... Rob Mayu was running that night, and he managed to get Jesselnick to come over, and I was like, this is a... Almost better. Because yeah, because he was super hot at the time. I already had Rogan, and like I yeah. didn't 
Jeselnik I, was, you know, was like on new. fire. He had been doing the roast. And he was set the, the nicest time. guy. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Jeselnik is he very was nice. Really in real nice. Life. You could never imagine that this really rude comic on stage when you meet no. him, he's like, "Hey, pleasure to meet you, buddy." Hey, no. <laughs> yeah, he's really, really nice. Shout out to Anthony Jeselnik. Uh, he's a comics comic, which means on stage he's got this huge personality, and off stage he's just very quiet and calm and normal and not like. No, just really, really a pleasant. Doesn't guy. need to be the center of attention when he's off stage or any kind of that kind of shit. Very Listen, let me, let, let's get into this Rogan story. So obviously, if you've ever watched the Joe Rogan podcast when he talks about Toronto 99% of the time he's going to bring up Joey's comedy club why does he do that because anytime he's ever showed up it becomes a, a crazy party Joey used to have a back room behind the comedy club that nobody went into but when Joe Rogan would come into town you would clean it up open it up and there'd be like little couches just a little area behind the stage where there would become a green room for the comedians so only like the really close comics with Joey would be allowed in. So fuck, man, I got lucky, man. I got lucky when I was performing. I performed twice that night because there was he took so long to get there and we were pretty <laughs> much running out of comics, okay? So I went on like second in that show and then I ended up doing another five like three hours later, okay? <laughs> so show starts at like, yeah, 8.39, okay? Yeah, 8.39. Joe Rogan doesn't get there till like midnight, almost one. And so all night you and I are hanging out in the back you're so cool, Joey. You asked me that night to roll a joint for Joe Rogan when he got there. Do you remember that? Because I was a good roller. You and I were smoking all night. And when Joe got there, he wanted to smoke. And you kind of just tapped me. You're like, Joe wants to smoke. Can you roll a joint for him? And I was so nervous. I didn't roll it like a cone. I rolled it like a cigarette. And when I passed it to him, he almost lit it backwards. And I had to go, no, Joe, it's backwards. And yeah, he took it out of his mouth. He was like, thanks, kid. You know. And then after that, <laughs> he, he, we, so he gave me like this thanks, kid, because I was 18 or 19 at the time. I was so fucking young. If you don't know about my background in comedy, I pretty much left high school and became a stand-up comic. And right away was like taken under the wings of a bunch of cool comics. So Joe and I got to hang out that night. Somebody special shows up that night. This is this is so 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 before we get to that part, the show is three hours long. The club went from being a normal room temperature room to like a, a small oven because it's <laughs> overpacked, 160 in a room of like 70. Uh, so fucking hot. Everybody's in there. It's steaming fucking hot. And then while all of this is going down, we're like 20 comics deep. The Iron Sheik shows up. Yeah. And we're all chilling backstage with the Iron Sheik. And now it's me, Joe Rogan, the Iron Sheik. I'm like 19. I'm like way in over my head right now. I'm like, the Iron Sheik is here. I remember calling my brother, who was a big wrestling fan. And I was like, Gary, the Iron Sheik is right here right now. And he was like, no, he's not. I'm like, yeah, listen. And I kind of just put my phone like near him. And my <laughs> Iron Sheik was going, oh, yeah, you don't know. But I beat the shit out of Hulk Hogan right now if he was here. And we're all in the backstage going, ah! <laughs> This guy, yo, still a showman. If you gave him any time about wrestling, he would bad talk Hulk Hogan. So fucking funny. Joe Rogan shows up. So now Joe Rogan shows up. The Iron Sheik is there. Iron Sheik went on stage that night. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Do you remember what happened? I just rem I was literally serving people. Yeah, I was, was so going to say. So, I, and all I of a sudden he goes on and I just see, you know, this guy. He, he's yelling. Hulk he's yelling. Hogan, that's and, right. He's, he's yelling. He took his cane and yeah. he's throwing it in the air. And oh. He's like, Wah. And then so there's a there's a plant in oh, the audience. Just, just stop. One of his managers was a plant in the audience. So he one of his managers, who's his twin, runs into the audience before he comes on. Mason Nobody knows Brothers. that it's him. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> those guys runs into the audience while 
Iron <laughs> Sheik is on stage. He's yelling about Hulk Hogan. 30, 40 year old men crying, crying, watching like their childhood <laughs> wrestling dude on stage, like a foot away from them, yelling in their face, like, you look like Hulk Hogan. I'm going to beat you up right now. And everyone's just going, ah. So the guy who's the plant, nobody knows that, that it's actually his manager, gets up from the audience and goes, shut up, Iron Sheik. You're old and you're washed up and you don't got nothing left. And the Iron Sheik cracks him in the head with his fucking cane. Yeah. And the guy drops on stage and the underground comedy club just goes insane. The whole place is shaking. I think you had people who lived upstairs. Those poor people. Oh my God. This guy, I'll never forget, one of the greatest stories of my life that we, I got to hang backstage with Joe Rogan and the Iron Sheik. I was watching them smoke weed together, laughing. Joe Rogan asked me to roll a joint for him because you were, you, I mean, you gave him a cool package of like 20 nugs and edibles and shit. Oh my God. Joe Rogan comes on at like midnight. The whole place goes crazy. He does an hour. It's all about, he was already doing woke shit before that was like a thing. He was, a whole night he talked about like deep state and the, America's politics, politicians being pedophiles, and how could they not be pedophiles? What would you do if you were rich and had like all that time? It was so funny. He was so great. What what are what are your because you serve, so you have a completely different perspective than me. What do those nights mean for you as a club owner? Oh, uh, there's that. What you get out of it. You might get a little bit more out of it. Yeah, because I'm not working. I'm 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 getting because to be you're not working and you're focused on it, but also because you're a stand-up comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that that, that uh, man. But what I would see is that joy in everybody and watching a room full of people just get fired up. There's a smell of pheromones in the air that happens. People just get really elated. And then their hot box just glues it all together. The hot box. I don't know. You don't feel isolated in your oh laughter. Oh my you feel god! Like the you've hot box. In to a singular unit. We were that a singular sounds, unit that night. Does all that, of man, it's we like laughed. A at, yes, man. Like the the performer and the audience and the venue and what's going on and is it anyway? Man, all of that kind of stuff. That's what I get off on. Well, because everybody leaves eventually, and it's just you in the club. After, everyone's gone. It's you, a couple I've comics. Seen, I've seen people having this fantastic time in my room, but the comic was shitty. And I'm like, they're having such a great time. It and the comic matter. and the show is kind of shit. The show is real kind of shit. Or You're, sometimes when you have someone fucking brilliant up there and the audience isn't responding. Oh man. But fuck. what it is is when I have when you have it all, you know, when everyone's happy to be there. I don't know. That's oh the God, moment Joe. I. That's the moment I like. I want that one. Yo, man, you moved your club around a bunch, too, because it was, like, so different when I first started going there. No, no, just... Oh, you to, mean it's the furniture. The furniture. Oh, I thought you meant... I'm like, no, we were no, in that no, one yeah, place there, you, for you, a long you had time. a kitchen originally right in front of the stage, like a little couch, and then a bunch of chairs to the right. Yeah, and, that place kind of came with that room, so we used it as that, and then I realized that was not functional. We just that's what the room was? It, it was just, like, a just back, empty room? It was a giant garage. And so I just you turned the giant garage into one of the best comedy clubs in Canadian history, arguably the Why best. Do you think there was all that fun crap on the wall? <laughs> to hide the flaws of being in a garage. Yeah, it felt like a room. I want crown molding in the next place, motherfucker. 
so much more nicer and different. You're like, fuck that. Like, I don't want to have to hide the flaws. I want. Oh my god, Joe. But yeah, that's why I would line like certain corners, or I put fake plants, or because the corners would be, you know, crooked. Yo, how much shit did you really, have? The floor really sloped. You must have had a solid ten or twenty boxes of things on your walls there when you took everything down. Uh, well, a lot of it got um, auctioned off. Some of the stuff I kept. Um, and then a lot of stuff just got put out on the street. You'd be surprised what people pick up on Queen Street. Yeah, you just Little put curbler. out random stuff. Yeah, just I put it out like hours before garbage pickup. And they took it all. Oh, it's always gone. So, you know, some of the... I didn't keep most of the furniture from the club. I didn't keep... Those chairs and shit? I kept the throne. Did you? Um, okay, throne's good. What about those little table chair things? That, like the Okay, the four-seater tables I kept. Those are great. You can um, use those forever. And, yeah, I don't I, I don't necessarily intend to have them in the new club, in the comedy space. Are you going to keep them because they have all those cool like little cutouts inside of them? That, but also um, I, the next club I want to have a kitchen in the front. Because I would have survived COVID if I had takeout food. Wow, cool. I Comedy died. We're in stage four. You can't have live performance till the end. Still not allowed to have live performance. Here we are, what, six months into the quarantine? Bush. Um, but if I had takeout food and had a really good reputation, I would have struggled, but I would have made it. You could like Uber Eats it and shit like yeah. that. Yeah, and there would have been... How many of my stoner... And do you know what? I just put cookies on the menu <laughs> i could have done so well and people just like you know having a delivery uh, service man come and do pickups you could do the weed maps thing everybody talks about that but man weed maps is so legit i got ripped off already i don't need that venue also um to to make cookies it would have been more that like if i had if the place was set like the way comedy bar is set i like that they have a front room that you can, Where hang you can just in. hang out or, you know, how you go to the Horseshoe or the Rivoli. We always have that Rivoli's bar in the gone. front. You know yeah, what, Yeah, I've man. heard that. Rivoli was on its way out. I think they just Shh. sold it, though. I don't think it's going. I think it's just changing hands. That's what I thought. Yeah, man. Rivoli but doesn't have the same vibe, man. A lot of shit's gone. Like, one in five restaurants Shh. closed in the last... Thing. Oh, man. Hey. You know, whatever. What... I just like eating. Do you think comedy I, clubs that are weed comedy clubs will be a normal thing someday? I'm really surprised they haven't outlawed passing joints <laughs> during, wow. during this whole crisis. You're like, Mike, Rita, you think I they like, were going to be going what? forward with like that shit like that? You <laughs> Pretty surprised about that one. but It's because potheads don't give a fuck. Yeah, they're not going to listen to that. But I'm sure it got brought up in a board meeting somewhere. I'm sure somebody was like. It was on Zoom going, you know what? I, we got to think about, anyway, all these different things they have to think about. How many times a day we touch our face? Anyway, Can't long wait. story short, I I think that it, it's going to be uh, all of our businesses are going to be, um, like there's going to be new health inspections because yeah, of yeah. COVID. we got to make sure all the surfaces are cleaned. we got to make sure, you know, that there's this and that. And, you know, I was in Winters the other day and it was like, what? Like corralled everywhere and like they have a plastic shielding on everyone and Really friendly girls giving you squirty hands. You went Here, to squirt. Winners, man. I haven't been clothing shopping. What's the f- what? Holy shit! I just actually I went to Home Depot in the mall at Gerard Square, and uh, I was like, you know what? Winners is open. You never know what you're gonna get. I love Winners. So. Shout out Winners and Marshalls. Both these fucking low priced, random, 
you don't know what the fuck you're gonna find. I don't know how the hell they choose that shit. Hey, you like you have you like thirty you have thirty six size thirty six pants. Here are seven hundred styles of size thirty six pants from designers or random fucking yeah like they uh, they did have like rows of Birkenstocks, um, really nice ones. Like those are one hundred fifty dollars shoes, you know. And then there they are at thirty dollars, but only size like five. Or 14 Girls. or something. Or like, yeah, <laughs> they're all boot. really, <laughs> or weird patterns. So I, I, you know, that's, you know, that's they, winners though. Yo, winners always has anyway. a mixed made shit. Like you buy the shoe and you put it on, you're like, oh, it feels weird. Hey, that's okay, why but it's here. I have to segue though, because you wanted me to show off. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. What do you got? These are the shoes that I got. Yo, can we, we're going to punch in on that. We can probably punch in on that. Hello, these are amazing. everyone. My shoes. Where did you get those? Can we give them a shout out? Shout out to Baggins in Vancouver, B A G G I N S. Baggins. And they have these shoes. They, they have, these have the best shoes. Chuck Taylor collection that I've seen. <laughs> I know I don't look sexy, but. Nobody cares about that. Do I have Chucks on too? Yeah, we both have Chucks on. Ooh, See that? Mine got weed leaves. Are you jealous? Anyway, I love those. I'm, you're definitely gonna see me get those shoes because I'm a piece of shit like that. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, they have them in men's sizes too. That's what Converse does. Both. <laughs> it's the same shoe for both of us. It's great. Well. Anyway, they have also other great shoes too. But yeah, they had all kinds of stuff too. Like I would love those in black. Andy and white. Warhol shoes, or they had National Geographic shoes with stuff. Baggins. I like the National Geographic shoes. I see them on my Foot Locker ads. Foot well, Locker gets me them. good. Foot Locker well, anyway. is advertising to me all the time. Oh, my God. Are you getting a anyway. shot of the sweet dog just fucking chilling? The dogs, man, we I always forget the dogs here. So is the person listening. Joey, man, let me focus back barks. on the club. Because I have to, like, and if you don't want to talk about it, we don't have to. Okay, this but, like, weed is very ADD, whatever it is. Yeah, it's you, crazy, You and right? I are both segueing like mad. Well, that's what happens, man. I've actually, like, our producers <laughs> even told me once, they're like, if you get too high, you get all dotty with your shit. It's pretty funny. It's okay. It's okay. We'll just keep rolling because everybody listening is pretty much getting high while they do this. So it's good because they'll stop listening for a little bit. And then when they come back in, they're like, oh, they're on a new topic. Right, right on. Let's just keep moving on. <laughs> but uh, okay, our new topic isn't really a new topic. We're going back to the comedy club world because you also were a host to the secret underground world of psilocybin mushroom shows, magic mushroom comedy shows where people would eat some chocolate. Sometimes they'd eat some. I went on stage one time and had the set of my fucking life. I headlined, I did like 20, 25 minutes, just yeah, ripped you... on shrooms. Do you remember that? And I, and my first like three minutes was all about how we were in the underground and I pretended to be like a miner. I was digging a hole. I was like, we're in the underground. This is the news. The audience knew that I was ripped. So we all went for this wild ride. I had some of the best sets of my fucking life at your comedy club, man. Because of shit like that, those mushroom shows where you, you just learn how to be an artist. You gotta have it well-timed and you can't take too much, but... <laughs> can definitely actually here's a fun thing fun fact boyd banks when he got up one time and he had notes that he'd written all he was gonna you know and then halfway went fucking shrooms are kicking in fuck the notes i'm and he just went off like boyd banks and his brilliance and that cured him that exact night cured him of ever needing notes again and you've noticed after that, like not for professional sets, for you know his just tryout working sets. on his shit. He, he Man, just, there's he no just, is that is that Boyd trip. Banks the funniest comedian to ever do your comedy club? Is he the person who probably got the biggest laughs ever, just constantly? 
Yeah, he's pretty consistently funny. Man, Boyd Banks. Stop is, asking me. He's my favorite. Gosh. Of course he's your favorite, but Boyd Banks is I not got, just I your favorite. I have got a huge soft spot for Boyd. Though. Listen, man. Also, I'm a zombie movie fan, and he's in two And he's zombie. in a bunch. I know. Okay. <laughs> Boyd Banks, if you're listening to this and you don't know who he is, look him up. He's a Canadian legend. He's literally been in anything that's Canadian made ever, but he's also like a big zombie dude. He had his own figure because he was like something the butcher what was his name something the butcher it's got an action figure the an butcher. Action figure. it's called the butcher in right land of the dead and land of the dead okay he's got his own action figure from land of the dead because he's a he's the butcher character in that but boyd banks also used to do these like nudie shows didn't he do the nudie shows he too? started our naked shows but now we won't do them anymore because the only time he would do it is if we gave the money to joanna downey then he'd get naked for us that's funny um but his act he would come out with just like black socks tied up and a xylophone and he'd take his schlong and hit the xylophone and I at the sound bar would hit play and we'd pre-recorded songs. No But people way. didn't know that so they thought like his dick was making the noise. That's like, the oh, he's so good. This guy's unbelievable. <laughs> Boyd Banks is a legend, man. Um, Boyd Banks would do a joke. But we do the, these were also um they they were uh um fuck now he's called me high and I can't remember what I was gonna say. It's okay. I'm gonna just take over for a second just while you do think. it. Boyd Banks is a legend not because of you of the level of humor he would produce, but the style in which it was. And I'm gonna explain to he would he would tell a joke. It was probably two minutes long, and he would finally get to the punchline. When he got to the punchline, you thought that that's what the punchline was. But really what it was was the introduction into five minutes of punchlines and him going back to the original concept and stretching it out. This guy would make you – he wasn't satisfied until he was, like, making you cry laugh sometimes. Like, if he was on a roll like that and he could see that you were on the brink of cry laughing as an audience. We're talking, like, 50 people, 60 people in a room losing it, cry laughing – rolling around and he would be stretching it and then and a woman and a monkey clawed her face and he would just do these jokes man where you'd cry laugh boyd banks is your favorite you got a soft spot for him what's your favorite boyd banks story truly is it the xylophone one or is there one that really sticks out there like man this fucking guy um probably some okay out of something he did yeah uh well, that one's pretty epic. Um, how about the time when we got a stripper for Naomi and the stripper was really shitty, like really shitty. So Boyd's like, you call that fucking stripping? He didn't even take his cock out. Fuck that guy. Blah, blah, blah. And then he got up and basically did a strip. He made Naomi get up on the throne chair on the... No, he didn't. And he did, and he wouldn't let any of us watch. But you could hear he was... <laughs> Slapping... And she's like, oh fuck! But she wasn't. She didn't. It's you does know. Does he does he have an old a long old man cock? Yeah, it's pretty big. I don't I don't like admitting that, but I've, I've heard I've heard the legend. Just uh, it's you just know. a giant old man cock. Boyd Banks walking around with a hog. You everybody listening? And when you Google Boyd Banks, Google him again because now now you know that he has that's a giant hog. That's not gonna hog. come up though. That's that's the weird part about. You'd think that, you know, he'd just never brag about that. Never was a, he's like, yeah, what are you going to do? I'm tall, too. He'd say. I'm also tall. <laughs> like that, it didn't phase him. You know, I don't even know if Boyd Banks knows my name. And I've probably hung out with Boyd Banks over 30 times in my life. But every time we've ever hung out, we're completely annihilated. Hey, what's going on? He's so nice. I don't think he knows my name. 
That's so no, funny. No, he just forgets. Yeah, of course. He doesn't give, it's not his fault. I don't give a fuck. I don't want him to know my name. I feel like that's more respect. <laughs> if, he did, if he did know my name, that means I fucked up. Who else is it? Other than that, what are some of your favorite memories over the years? Just genuine memories. Oh my God, there's so many. Give me a couple. Some of them that really stick with you. Some of them that make you cry when you think about them. Some of them that are really touching. It was my cop stripper night. Your We're cop the, stripper night? And the, actually, Boyd was involved in that night. And my friend, you know, Tracy Curley. Classic. The legend. Well, the two of them kind of teamed up that... Uh, God, Tracy for my birthday, um, you know, I should have got a stripper. Yeah. That, uh, you know, I know. So they managed on the internet to find a cop stripper willing to come over. It was like 11 o'clock when they started Googling. And Buddy came was, over. Yeah, happened to be in uniform. He already had just stripped for someone else's party or something. And he, uh, yeah, he came straight over. He didn't come to the, like, 1 o'clock. And what they did, though, is that they kept me in the dark about this whole thing. So this guy shows up. You think it's a real cop? Yeah, Tracy comes out. She's like, "Oh, Joey, you better, uh, you better fucking come out here. There's a cop out here." I tell this story all the time. You never heard this. I've story? I've never heard the story. Are you kidding? No, man, I've never this is one it. of my stage stories too. Anyway, she comes out. She's like, "Yeah, there's a cop out here. You got to come out." And uh, I go out to the front, <laughs> and this guy just like, "You're under arrest for marijuana or whatever." Like, he just what says, "Fuck." What are you talking about? <laughs> and he just spun me around, and it, and I got real mad at first. I was like. You gotta show me a warrant. You haven't said, you know, the right words. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck are you even? Why are you wearing a jacket? <laughs> <laughs> and then Tracy kind of revealed that it was a stripper. Oh my and god! Then, uh, but the gag was pretty good because I was drunk enough to not really be, um, you know, I wasn't, I had no suspect. Why is the party still going on? Like one in the morning, you guys like, shows up. you know, eleven o'clock. A bunch of people like, oh, we're tired. You know, it was a Sunday. It wasn't even like a. Anyway, long story short, finally. It was fun. Whatever. What inspired you to be the person who opened the the weed comedy club? That's so funny that all the memories I'm talking about never been about a show. No, they're not about the shows. Because the shows are, it's like a, it, your club was like a hangout for, for misfit, pothead, funny people for years. Just, man, people even like slept in the back because they had nowhere to go because they were like homeless comics for a little bit. There are stories well, of no comics. one truly homeless ever. Not really homeless. Paul Thompson has a story he tells because I went away and I asked him to watch my dogs. Yeah. And I had both pit bulls. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, for sure. But he didn't want to stay in my apartment. So I asked if he could sleep at the club. I'm like, fuck yeah. And so he talks. He has a whole bunch of bits that he tells about sleeping on the stage and jerking off on the stage. <laughs> That's pretty funny, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, he okay, did this, you clean it? I don't really care. Dude, how funny is that? Paul Thompson 100% jerked off on that stage. <laughs> that I know that like nobody would, like if, if if like other people were club owners of like legendary comedy clubs, they'd be like fucking right, but you know, and you're like, oh no, I make cookies and people come over and they tell jokes in the back of my fucking store and uh, and in reality, it's this man. Can I explain to anybody who's listening? Joey's store in the front was just a little counter with some mirrors on the left. You'd walk in, counters on the right. It was like, you know, this fucking fridge type thing. A little fucking antique uh, cash registered looking thing. Well, that's long gone. Oh, man. All that stuff. Okay. That's what it looked like. And, uh, and behind it was like weed articles and like cutouts of weed things and hemp. And it was like a hemp museum type vibe on the wall. Man, just close your eyes because this is where it gets cool. So it looks so 
uh, like you don't even know what the fuck it is. You're like, what the fuck is this business? What is this store? You sell papers? And in reality, man, you would walk past this little like washroom and, and, and counter that had like a sink. And on the right of it was a door. And through this door, things start getting magical. Right when you open a fucking door, the <laughs> walls were lined, lined with all, all the merch of all the cool comics you had in this cool show, like case. And memorabilia. Memorabilia and a memorabilia case on the left. So cool. On your way into the comedy club. And on the right side of the wall, there was a bunch of graffiti, little pictures, little like um, quotes. And then you'd get to this door that didn't have, uh, like, it just didn't have the normal door You're so feeling. high. Dude, it, I love your fucking, you know me, man. Okay. I was going to talk about this earlier, but was that how you walk through this room. So, okay. Memorabilia on the right. All this graffiti on the uh, no, remember really on the left, graffiti on the right, dim lights, and this door, this fucking door, man. It was like an old Harry Potter door with this old like brass knob, and the eye thing that you peek through was gone, <laughs> so you could like you see, just look through the hole. You could poke your eye through the hole and see a comedy club, and it was like a swinging jazz club. It's like you would open the door, and it's like the it, the, the energy would just change. It would be like a jazz club, people talking so fucking loud, smoke everywhere old people, young people, fucking dogs running around. Like uh, on the left, there would be this like little bar area where they were serving beer and, 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 uh, and lining the walls was old clocks, old toys, old records, oh, vintage shit. As far as I can see, weird palm trees, fuck <laughs> books that didn't make any fucking sense as why they were in a comedy club. <laughs> Childhood memories of yours. I remember asking you, where'd you get these? You're like, these are my fucking toys. I was like, it was what? a Wonder Woman doll. Yeah, I was like, Still in the box, bro. <laughs> oh, man. You had an easy bake oven. You, make you it- had weird Trump <laughs> board games. Trump board and games. And Yuck Yucks board games. You had so much random fucking shit. You had Okay, you know what's the other thing? I didn't buy most of that stuff. The Wonder Woman, for sure. Um, a couple of other things, yeah, for sure. But most of that stuff, people just brought. And they it's just like, left. oh, look, you have crap in the walls. Here's some more, crap. some more crap. You want my crap? And I'd be like, sure, give me your crap. Man, you had so much crap on the walls. You had like fear and Do you have stuff I threw out over the years? Let yeah. alone that when we closed the club up, I'm like, oh, man, what am I doing with all this crap? Man, so much crap. But great crap. Stuff that people would love. Like you said, no, the next Queen place Street. is going to be select crap. I'm not going to accept random crap from people. Just and actually, I thought about it. You know, at the beginning, when you were describing how I have like vintage pictures of cannabis on the front room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The new club, I want to have vintage pictures of comedians. Wow, pretty funny so, stuff, So like man. big big poster of Buster Keaton. See, those are cool as shit, man. I used to have a Groucho Marx uh, thing at home, like a vintage um, like uh, still from a fucking movie. It was pretty great. Man, that kind of anyway. shit is cool. See, man, you're going to have a new comedy club. You're going to do it again. It'll be fun. <sighs> Joey, man. I like that you've been talking about it in the present tense. Because I never, well, I will never imagine it as not just saying, being here. I'm thank like, you. You know when you go in it and you see the thing? <laughs> you describe the whole thing front to back in a present tense. Yeah, because in my head, it, it, like I, it. I, 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 look, man, there used to be something called the Mike Rita Circuit. And you know who gave that, that name was K. Trevor Wilson, which was you would start at the Hotbox Cafe at 7 o'clock. Then you would scoot over to Vapor Central and do the 9 o'clock. And then you'd go to the underground because it would go late. It would go like to 11 midnight. Just pure random comedy show. You don't even know who the fuck it was. It used to be Rob Mayo for years. So that was my Thursday night. And, it, and K. Trevor Wilson called it the Mike Rita Circuit because I was such a young comic. And I was always a weed comedian because I was always a big pothead, even at a young age. Man, your room was a place Damn. that I grew. I got to grow and become an activist 
where people didn't just look at me. I became this leader in the community for some reason. I don't know why the fuck they like gave it to me, but they gave it to me to be the weed comedian dude. And I accepted it. I was fucking down. I was down to be the guy who did dabs I on stage. I think it has shit. a lot to do with like when you would host at 420. When you do yeah, big yeah. gigs like that and you do it successfully. They dig you as Then you person. dig you in and then that's how that works. Man, how funny is that? It's you know? like you can't get commercial auditions until you've done a commercial and they start to see, you know, oh, you're, you, Yo, know, you, can, do you can do this, you can do that. or Commercials. I hate auditions. I I'm just saying, but that's, that's what it's like for, like, for a lot of people who don't get opportunities in comedy. You know, until they get that opportunity to shine. Hey, you know? okay, wait, here's a good question for you. Who's the worst comedian who should have been good that should have? Come on, man. Oh, you're going to make me shame someone? Shame not one person. There's got to be one person where you're like, who should Who should have been? Like a good comic or someone who's rude or somebody that like in your head that you can remember that was like, man, that person didn't live up to the hype. Is there anybody that like perfectly stands out? You're such a good person that in your eyes, like Mike Rita. You know me. You're going to make me. You think I'm going to shame. You're, 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 you're right, man. Most people came in that club and they had a great time. You could not almost not have a good time. There's times when there is, you know, when a comic might say something stupid, but then I've never been the type to judge the comic based on that one stupid comment. It's If your whole set they, is a certain they, way, like, that's like different. Like a dig on the venue or something but like that? But when you smoke weed, you know, that tendency to... You know, we're not going to get those. Louis C.K.'s not showing up at my club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not worried about that. <laughs> so in the end, the guys that do want to come to my club, you know, when you have a guy like Big J. Okerson, you're like, that guy's a fucking teddy bear. The you know, nicest. He's just the nicest guy. Louis Gomez, the guys from New York who support me. Or, you know, Tony Hinchcliffe comes up and he says, like, the nicest things. Those guys, also because of maybe who I am or what the club is, they sort of drop their guard. I don't know. And they're, you know. You're a good club owner, though. You're not a, know. club owners are fucking I'm just nuts. not going to attract assholes. I don't, I don't have the money to. <laughs> yeah, they're coming out of love for comedy. <laughs> Hell, comics coming through, even if they have a bit of, like, money. You know, like, Joe Rogan's the only may, maybe have some money. He, but even Scott Thompson, for all his fame, not that rich. He's you know? Canadian. Yeah, that's Probably lives, like, true. in a nice townhouse somewhere. You know, but you you think that you know name any of those comics that I just mentioned, like where you know, maybe Scott Todd Thompson Glass live? might be comfortable. I don't know. He's in L.A. right now. Todd Glass was a jerk to me. Um. Well, maybe he was in a. I thought he was a sweetheart. He was a jerk to me. I'll never forget it. I was like a twenty or twenty-one year old comic. It's for real. I walked into your club, and he was in the front room talking to some other comics. I was really excited, and I came. I was like, holy shit! I literally just yelled. Like I didn't yell. I went. Holy shit, Todd Glass, cool, man. And this guy was like, I hope you're going to be quiet. You're not going to bring that energy into the club. And I was Oh, he's shattered. very commanding. And I was <laughs> shattered because in my head, I was like. Because he didn't know you. He thought you were a patron. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I, I was actually. He shot you down before. Uh, yeah, I, was, I even said I was supposed to be opening up. And he didn't really acknowledge that he was a complete twat. But I don't give a no, fuck. No, Todd Glass is very commanding. I'll fucking headbutt him. Him and I actually got in a fight um, when he was doing, he, 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 his, he did a three-day show at the club one time. He was there more than one time, but the um, three-day show, um, what he did too is he went and got all black tablecloths and red candles and nice curtains for my stage and like just really dolled up the place really nice. But because we'd sold out like all the tickets and it was like middle of July, it was like 
how it's been all week, just fucking hot as fuck. So there was a trick I used to do, knowing that the wind come off the lake and come through the club if I opened up all the doors. Yeah. And I, you know, position the fans. So that you carry it through some like, like yeah, yeah, I get it. So, carry so he, he kept turning the fans around, trying to blow it out the front door. And finally, I was like, Todd, like, it's not the way the wind blows. Like, you just, you got to go with the wind. Trust me. He's like, well, I'm going to be the last. We need to vent the back room. I'm like, no, we need to push the hot air out of it. And he's like, no, we need to vent the back room. I'm like, no, Todd, listen to me. I've been here fucking seven years. You got seven minutes to get on the stage. Go focus on your comedy. I'll deal with the fans. And then he just went, ah, and then just off and I went fuck man I'm totally pissed off Todd Glass I can't believe I just yelled at him over no, fans no, you gotta yell at people man what the fuck <laughs> I was like they know how this works just you stop fussing with the fucking fans so I'm okay with you and like, so yeah, you uh, talk, you but on talk. stage he apologized to me um he just said Joey you know and you know I'm, I'm gonna let you know Joey that I actually do feel the breeze and, and you're right <laughs> the fans should have headbutted him <laughs> I was like, do it for Mike Oh man. man, I've I never, but I've never, I don't flip out on people like that. Like, unless I know them, like I'd flip out on you easier than I would on someone like that. But you're allowed to flip out on me. One time you were really mad about something <laughs> and I called you on the text. I was like, what are you mad about? And you're like, sorry. And then you gave me the breakdown and then we became friends. I was like, man, see, you don't, man, cause, uh, man, we had a great podcast going for a few months. That was great. Yeah. Puffcast. I want to start it up again. I'm actually, I'm not joking. I told you I was looking for a new apartment, but one of the things I wanted to be able to do. Was, is record again. Was record again. And then if I have, uh, you know, a little setup similar to this, um, um, right by the front door, people don't even have to come into the apartment. They can just come in, get interviewed, leave. <laughs> this is the best door. Our setup is so nice right now. I like this This setup. is an ele- <laughs> All right. Hey. Oscar. Oscar. That's the Oscar. Third time. That's the third time, buddy. That's the third strike. Yeah. Okay. I won't. What is this? AC 3.5. Jesus Christ. Joey. Everybody, Oscar. No, no, no. Do you want to tell a little story about Oscar, where he came from? Um, it might in- inspire somebody to uh, he's do the a same. Cuban rescue dog. He's one of those little beach dogs. Oh wait, I gotta talk to a mic. Um, he's a Cuban rescue dog. So he's a. So he's a commie. <laughs> fucking commie! You didn't bring me cigars, bro. He's a commie. Actually, he kind of smells like cigars. It's really weird. What the fuck? Yeah, he's smoky, sweet smell. <laughs> he's really sweet, though, man. Look at anyway. him. We drove here in a convertible. I was just saying, rescue. Like, don't, get, don't get a, a breed. Get a rescue. All right. Come here, bud. We just had a huge lull in silence. You should be talking when there's nothing going on, bud. No, I don't give a what shit. What kind of fucking host are you? Listen, I'm going to tell you something, man. I am the most chill podcast host. And anybody who's... We'll the- let 30 seconds of silence while the tech guys are like, you fucking talk. No, I don't give a shit. Because I'll forget, <laughs> man. I totally forgot that we were even recording. I'm literally watching rolling a joint. Oh, my God. That's how natural I get in these things, man, eventually. So, like, anybody listening, the first, like, two minutes, I'm pretty stiff and I'm still a host. And then after that, I am literally just in my friend mode uh, of whoever the hell I'm hosting. But that's that. One day I'm not gonna host for my friends. I'm gonna have guests that are my friends, and I'm gonna get fucked because they're they're not gonna. You know, I'm gonna have to like break them down and make them my friend pretty quick. I do sort of feel like I'm sitting in someone's living room. Good. That's the exact vibe of saying. the show's called. Set. You got the you know, money tree. You got a money tree here. Yeah, man. This used to be a, uh, a condo owned by like a fucking 
dude who did shit with OVO. So we have OVO shit all over the house too. OVO? OVO, it's the Drake company. Oh, okay. Like uh, the rapper, dude. Yeah, I know who Drake is. I don't know anything beyond that. <laughs> At what age did you stop listening to modern, to the new music? I stopped around 21. What? And whatever the hell I was listening was just what I listened to. Like, do you, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I listen to new stuff once in a while. But most no, of the I don't listen to pop music. Th- I don't listen to anything new, though. Like, you know, I like my metal. Is that what you like? So, well, that's my root. Or a good ska you band. Go oh, yeah, you love a good ska band. I you love I good ska. You and I definitely throw on the ska before a lot of shows. You know, I like together. good grinding hard blues, like Black Keys. Or I like, I don't know. Anyway. Where did you grow up? Uh, all over Canada. Yeah? What was your favorite place that you lived growing up? Depends on the. That's a shit roll. No, it's a good one. <laughs> Look at you fucking rescued it. Looked like it was origami for a split second. Not too bad, huh? And is that like I don't, I don't even have to plug it in? It's just fucking quick little one of these. Oh wow. That roll looked like it was gonna go to hell for a second. Did you see that <laughs> when I bumped it on the mic? I'm gonna take. And sometimes those light, those light papers um, crumple and tear easier. God, I just love how high we are right now. Anybody listening can definitely feel that this is taking such a gear down. Do you still get high eyes? Do you do you get high eyes? Do you ever catch yourself with red I eyes? I don't. Like I don't splits? hardly get red eye. You know what I get though is that I have natural bags right here, and they just start going down like this. And like, oh, oh my god, my gullet or gizzard. Down here. Did you call it a gullet? I, oh man. Okay, we're not gonna great character producers. What do you guys call it? A gullet? You call this thing under your neck? What do you guys call that? A gullet? G- gizzard. What do you call it? I don't know what you call it. What do you call it, Morgan? What do you call this? What do you call it? Like, say you were explaining it to somebody. She called it a gullet. I also right. called it a gullet because when I was a kid, I mean, man, gullet. Because when I was a kid, somebody would be like, "Watch your gullet," and they give you a chop in a fucking neck. Man, somebody giving somebody a chop in the neck. This dog. You rescued a dog. How do you rescue a dog from Cuba? You have to, like, sign up for that shit? Um, I know a lady um, in my neighborhood in the East End, Toronto, and she goes down and does it. And uh, basically, they're trying to build a shelter down there. So They um, collect some of these stray dogs. If anybody wants to donate. Actually, she made these. I should these. Why are we rescuing these dogs? What's the harm that's coming to them? Oh, fuck, man. If I showed you. If I showed you a picture of him when he got scooped, he's scrawny, starving, you know, yeah. mangy. No, and now look at him. He's like your best friend. He just sits by you. He's like, yo, where's those treats, man? I heard that fucking crinkling. Yeah, no, yeah. Yo, dogs are fucked, man. I never had pets growing up. I had immigrant parents who hated animals. But the lady who I got the dogs from made these masks, and she got me to get them out. No. Yeah. Okay, I'll buy one of those. So those are cool. How do I? What do I do? All the money goes to her. She's putting it away to. For the dogs. For the, the dogs. Well, her vision is to is to uh, build a shelter. So she just takes donations. Oh and, my uh, god, I love that mask. Now I want to wear a mask. Is, Here, you might as well get me one, man. This is the other one. Oh my god. Anyway. I like walking around with it, and people are like, "Oh yeah!" I know. <laughs> like, I'll tell you, yo, You're yo. forcing me How to much wear are they? How much are they? Ten dollars. No, I'm going home with a couple. Those are nice, man. All right. Oh my god. I should make you put the link on it. As I was thinking, that could be a good mission. I'm not working right now. Man. At least help this lady, 
Because, yeah, she goes down with another lady and they just scoop the puppies off the beach. And Cuba's just glad to be getting rid of them. Then they don't have all these puppies, you know, running around bothering the tourists or whatever. Yeah, so, the, so. But everywhere you go through all the Caribbean, you go to any country in the world and there's and street just, dogs street dogs just all over the place just, just all like, over the place like just begging and you know they just find food where they can or they eat bugs or garbage i don't know and then you save these dogs so these people go down there they grab some of the dogs to save but now you don't have to you don't have to buy from a breeder and um you know there's it'll stop puppy mills what are what are breeders what, what's Come the on, issue with these down. people like yeah what's the issue with puppy mills what are they doing like they killing babies or some shit no, they just they just make you know like they'll have one female dog and she's just pregnant forever. She's just, they're just she's just pumping out just dogs. pumping out puppies and then they'll 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 keep them in cages. It's not in good clean conditions. They don't get to run around. They don't get walks. And then as soon as they're they're able to to sell, you know, they six eight them, weeks yeah. right away and like pumping out more babies. Come on, buddy. Really? You were so good at the last podcast. He's actually being no, so sweet. You're, be, you're giving him ADD, Mike. Yeah, this this crazy weeds that we're smoking. Thank you, cheap canna, you fucks. <laughs> He's gotten used to the weed around me. Yeah, dogs don't give a shit. Look I think at it helps show. his anxiety a bit. I'm not going to lie. He came with a lot of anxiety. And he was super needy. and like. You were telling me this dog's scared of like kids, too, which is always wild. Look at him. He's so sweet. You're so sweet, pups. Okay, let me get back to this podcast. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Shouldn't have brought the dog. No, no. Welcome to the. It's to, like bringing a to baby. Our, that was our ten-minute break there, while we actually just became completely normal people. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up soon, so we don't because I can just um, I just know where our energy is, and we're getting to that nice wrapping up energy, and I like it. When you were starting out at a comedy club, how old were you? You were like a waitress and stuff like that. <laughs> Like we, we started in comedy. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. Because like, I, yeah, I worked as a waitress at a comedy club called Comedy Wood. Comedy Wood. And it is no longer there. In oh, Toronto. Yeah. Um, Boris. Boris the hypnotist. Boris the hypnotist. That guy's still around. <laughs> yeah, he is still around. He he ran the club, and um, so, so this is what, there was a big club up north in Vaughan. And these and are your younger days already. For two years, they had a, a club on Bloor, underneath the Gabby's on Bloor and Avenue. Wow. Downtown. Yep. And uh, so I, 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 I waitressed there. Met a lot of good cats. And then that's how you got into owning your own comedy club. Well, no, it was an evolution from there. You just after you, you're serving for, you know, a long time, these people, and you're like, oh, I, I love these comedians who, who are these people? Oscar, come here. Comedians so, uh, are awesome. It got to be, uh, you know, because I was like, you know, the weed waitress. Of course, the comics are like, oh, I just got off the plane. Yeah, yeah, Can yeah. you hook me up? Um, you were the weed waitress. So, Holy and, shit, can we talk about there that? Was, there was, uh, there was um, comics that I remember from back in the day, back then, would, would buy weed off me. I remember at one point... Um, I can't even remember who it was. Came and he wanted to get a set and knew he could get the 20 bag off me. Mm. So the manager um, fired me and uh, I, I, I'm, they had like a lot of bookings the next weekend. So they're like, we really need you to come in. And Boris actually called me the next day. They like, fired you and they brought you back. Yeah. He said, you, you, we really need you to come back. We, we, we don't, we don't have anyone to work this weekend and we need somebody to work. We, we're really busy. 
he's like, you know, you can't sell weed like to my comics. You, you just can't do that. And I said, okay, I'll tell you what, I'll come back to work and I promise I won't sell weed to comics on shift. But you can't tell me not to sell weed to comics. Yeah, like you just can't do you, that. You just, you can't. But I, I promise I won't do it on shift. And, and I always honored that. that. I, I always, I think he kind of did the roll of his eyes. He's like, just come to work and don't get in a fight with Duran anymore. He was the manager. Shout <laughs> out Duran, you fucking I, jerk. Uh, he was probably a really nice guy, but we just would see head to head. And I was young. And uh, man, you started so, off in comedy. So then from I started. The so then real. I would start hanging out with these comics like after hours. Do you remember some of the comics that you originally saw and hung out with? Um, famous wise, or just even normal. So ones I met that were Joey like, Diaz. Joey Diaz. Yeah, well, he was a young comic. Well, he wasn't young, but it was before he got in trouble with the kidnapping. Yeah, yeah. Um, I met Mitch Hedberg that way. Wow. Uh, Ralphie May. Do you re did you get to talk to Mitch at all? Well, here's a funny story: is I would also, um, I I would invite the comics um, back to my house for dinner. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you're traveling. You're probably just eating restaurant. If you're gonna food. tell me right now that Mitch Hedberg came back to your house for dinner, he fucking did. So did Joey Diaz. So did Ralphie May. I, listen, this man. is before I even open a comedy club. Mitch Hedberg is my favorite comic ever. You need Kay. to break into these stories. Okay. Tell me Mitch Hedberg. So tell everything. Just give me everything. Cause I love Mitch. Mitch. Um, when he was here, um, I, oh, Joey, fuck. how do I start with it? I think he, he played mostly at the uptown club, but then he did one or two nights at the downtown club, but somehow at the uptown club, he'd, um, gotten in trouble somehow smoking weed in a back alley with two girls one of them turned out to be underage now he wasn't responsible for getting these two girls but what had happened was he, the guy he was traveling with I can't remember his name like Josh or Justin Jeremy one of those white guy J names uh, it was his opening act Josh it was his opening act found these two girls and they had weed and I, I, I okay and so they went back and like cops let him off, but, but he was not fucking happy that this guy like had brought an underager, you know, and like weed and jeopardized their visas and stuff. So by the time I got into, and I, I'd invited him for dinner the next night, I guess. Yeah. And so he was coming on the Sunday, but the whole fucking time he just yelled at this dude the whole time. And I finally, I was just like, like I can't, I'm so uncomfortable just serving food for two hours it went on he was just ragging on this dude for bringing an underage <laughs> Why girl the fuck would you do this to me you know what a great mitch hedberg story um, oh my god joey you got to watch him be completely he, angry at like his he was act. pissed and apparently from what i understand from other sources later that 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 was kind of a last straw moment. Wow. Like, that there'd already been energy. A bunch of like moments of like. And towards the end of of him hanging out, like that that did chill. He just the the guy just shut up, and Mitch just turned and talked to me. Um, and it was pretty normal. It wasn't just the three of us. My ex was with me, and there was, yeah, I think another friend of ours. What was he wearing? Like normal Mitch? Did he have his glasses? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Right, like some cool. I just colored. remember. Like long stringy hair, but not too long. Oh, so I remember. Sick. I think he had a leather jacket on, or like a long style. Man, I love Mitch Hedberg. I have a giant painting in my house of Mitch Hedberg because when I was buddy. a kid, it was about eleven or twelve. But I wanted to just hang with him you and have laughs own. and have a good time. Well, of course, and, but he was in the middle of this thing. He's in the middle of just like yeah. Oh man. Oh, well. Did he smoke weed? You smoke weed with Mitch? 
well, it's part of the, what, how we, we got talking is that I would man. always offer to the traveling Joey, comics. Man, I'll cry right now, man. I can't even handle that. I okay. didn't even know this stuff. Here's another crazy story. I got way more affected by meeting Joey Diaz. Of course. Because he, the first time he came, he just found out I, I, I had weed. He's like, okay, I want you to bring me a half quarter to my uh, my hotel room every day at noon. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not a courier. Like, I'm yeah, like, I can't be doing can't, that. I, I'm on a bike. And finally, I, I don't, all right, fuck it. You know what? Fuck it. For four days, I'll just do this. I don't know why I felt like I had to do yeah. that for that. Anyways, so I did. I just brought him weed every day. Just went back home. Went about my day. And uh, <coughs> he, yeah. um, and I told him even, like, why don't you just buy half ounce? Yeah. Oh, no, I'll smoke it all in one night. You got to be here every day. Is that what he said? Yeah. yeah, I'll smoke it all in one night. I can't. I was like, all right, fine. I'll do that. So I... A year later, though, like we had, you know, fun. Did he already talk like Joey Diaz? Did he already? No. Oh, yeah. So it was the first time that he, that I, he, he, I'm getting fucking. Okay. Because it's a good story. Because there's two, two or three parts to it. So, okay. I had him over for dinner that first year. I remember that. And I was still with my ex and uh, we had a great time. He was like sitting at the head of our table, and there's like five of us. And we're like, he was entertaining us, like and just going king. off telling stories. Yeah, so he's great. Just, he's the same off stage as he is. Yeah, on yeah, camera. yeah. Same over dude. There, this guy says to be. Yeah, yeah so he's going off. No, unflinchingly. So then, uh, you know, had a great time. You know, I will see you again. I'm like, you know what? You call me when you're back in town. I'll help you out again. This is great. So uh, about a year later, just calls me up. Hey, how you doing? Like. I talked to him the day before. Like, I was like, like you're supposed to assume, you know, yeah. Like, huh? Who, who's, who, who is this? He's like, what do you mean? You don't know who this is. Come on. Listen to my voice. I was like, Joey Diaz. He was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm back in town. I'm like, wow. fuck. All right, cool. And at that point I'd broken up with my ex. I'd been with my ex for like a long time. Amazing. Like seven years. So I was like broken hearted though. I went over to Joey's he's in a shitty mood. Like, fuck, I got to bring this fucking guy. weed. fuck 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 so long story short i get there and he sits me down and he's like you what's wrong what's wrong and i you know but like a girl i spilled it my boyfriend cheated on me just started going on i'm like and he's a nice guy you're fucking beautiful why the fuck are you doing this no don't lie to me fuck off and stop your fucking tears man you're fucking beautiful what the fuck and i remember being like he's right and then um wondered what happened to that dude for like 10 fucking years what happened to Joey Diaz? Yeah, just because he went through that whole like kidnapping yeah, thing and just yeah, kind of yeah. disappeared. So I always wondered, whatever happened to that guy? He just like gave me, you know, such good advice, you know, when I needed it. Just stop being a stupid crying white girl. Just <laughs> tell yourself you're beautiful. Man. And see. there he is on the church of what's happening now. He's just like that still. You know, when people, anyway. The way he talks, just the way he is. He, he, you know what else is like despite maybe what any you know people might think of him he didn't try and cop a feel at all while i'm sitting there in private vulnerable able to you know he was real nice and respectful. real nice and respectful and like super nice guy then he whip out his cock and be like you know what you're gonna like right now you know i'm gonna take care of you <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah stop me crying right now sweetheart anyway. yeah and then you know he's in the news for getting shit for being like 
Uh, every girl who wants to do the fucking uh, comedy store has to suck my dick before they go on. He's clearly just being a macho idiot that a bunch of chicks on Twitter are like, oh my God. Did they sell him weed? Maybe that was their fault. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he didn't do that to me. He's like, oh, I'll fuck up my weed connect. I'm not going to fuck up. This girl comes every day for the half a quarter. <laughs> Why don't you want a half ounce? Why don't you just give a half ounce? Oh my God, that's so good. No, no, I smoked that all in one night. How fucking great is but that? But it's shit like that that made me want to open a club. Straight up, when you have experiences like that under your belt, and you're like, you can't oh, I love me. these people. I can't leave these people now. Oh, man. What was, so, this is at Comedy Wood? Yeah. Boris. And uh, after they closed down, I remember, actually, I quit or maybe got fired again. I got fired a bunch of times and got rehired a bunch of times. No, I'm I got fired and, and hired a bunch, too, because I worked at a place called European Meats in Kensington Market. And I, they would always catch me smoke weed or I would tell them that well, this is a true story. One time I called in sick and then later that day I was in Kensington <laughs> and I got caught. But yeah. So yeah. Anyway. You see how humble you are? You just told the craziest comedy stories. Heck, <laughs> Mitch Hedberg over for dinner. He was giving his opening act shit. Then we smoked <laughs> some weed. And then Joey Diaz came over and he, and he pretty much consoled me. And everybody thinks he's an asshole, but I know the truth. And he's a real sweet guy. And then you're like, yeah, Mike, we don't see how humble you are. The humbleness just fucking, it just, these crazy stories, man. Well, I didn't make them up. That's what I'm saying, though. But the enjoyment of your life is Mitch something. Can't, we can't ask Mitch if it's truth, but you can ask Joey. Actually, oh, when, I know that. When, okay, here's another dra- name drop. When Felipe Esparza was at yeah, my club, yeah, yeah. I was telling him this exact story. He's like, yo, fuck. And he picks up his phone and calls Joey and hands the phone to me. No. And so I had to, hi, I'm, you know, Joey from the underground in Toronto. Felipe is here to perform. I'm really excited for that. Just kind of felt on the spot. and But then I had felt like I had to tell him. Do you remember? So do like, you remember back, you know, in Toronto 10 years ago, the girl that would bring you, and you, he'll talk about it on his podcast, some girl who bring a bike courier, he would say bike courier delivery. But it wasn't just me. He just somehow convinced the fucking waitress to sell him weed every day. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, that's like a bike guy. courier. But, uh, but yeah, so I was telling him about that and he was like, Yo, that's you? Yeah. And I went, yeah. And he was like, whoa. No. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, because he knows, man. He hears about you. You know, Joe talk about it, the Toronto. Ch- anyway. You're the Toronto That lady. felt good, though, that to be able to remind him. And I had to I had to remind him a bit. Like, I had to, you know, pump his memory. He's like, oh, I remember that. That was you? Joe, man, mm. you can't tell me that you haven't lived a cool comedy life. Oh, I'm sure there's more to come. Oh, you're so cool. You see how you're like, what? This is just the the parts of it. Man, see? I haven't told a th- Like, there's thousands more stories I'm sure I could dig up, but I haven't got all day. Your podcast is wrapping up soon. No, I don't give a fuck We're about that. We go as fuck. long as we want. We're high as fuck. See, the whole thing is, is that I, because it's a video, too, people can just leave it in I the background like and watch. I have bad ADD right now. I feel like I'm jerking around. <laughs> it's because you have so... It's because your dog is here, and oh, it doesn't allow you to... Is it? Is yeah. it this fucking, we started off with kind of a weird sativa weed though. Sativa, that's it. We started with a weird sativa. Now I'm trying to smoke this indica to bring us down, but it's not working. <laughs> oh, the hard times of a stoner. <laughs> I smoke too much happy weed. Now I'm trying to smoke sleepy weed. I can't find some middle ground. Man, okay. Oh, that's why oh, I like salads. We can wrap up soon. 
anybody who's been listening, do you hear how crazy, like the crazy stories Joey has? And it, I did promise you, uh, man, I was just, I wanted to get as many out as possible from Boyd Banks to the Joe Rogan stuff. Man, Mitch Hedberg coming for dinner at your house is too much for me to even There's handle. There's one out of left field for you. Yeah, because I didn't know because I love Mitch. Yeah, for, I have a huge painting in my house, man. I got to write some kind of blog. No, what you do is you wait for me to write the big book on Canadian cannabis history. And then you get your own chapter in it. And then you give me all your favorite stories. And we just make it like you know a nice thick chapter. Joey, you know, what would you call yourself? Would you call yourself Joey Baker? What would your name in the book be? Like Joanne Baker? Like I don't know. I don't know, right? You have to have like a cool pot name. People, Puff Mama? Puff Mama. Oh, yeah, yeah, obviously. Oh, I'm fucking, so, what a stoner. I was like, man. You need just... to have a cool pot name. Um, well, you're like, I'm Mike Rita. Sure, I do. Uh, if you don't like it, I it's swear fine. to God, even in my phone, you're saved as Puff Mama. <laughs> and right now, I'm like, you get like Joey Baker or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I'm a, that's the fun. I want you guys to know, anybody listening or watching right now. Literally since the day that I met Joey, her name has been Puff Mama in the community. <laughs> and right now, I was like, you need a cool weed name, Joey. <laughs> Joey, man. Joey Baker or something because you always bake cookies. You know <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my man. God. I'm such a fucking idiot sometimes, man. Whatever. You actually saved this Puff Mama. I'm glad that I phone. can make you fun of you and you can just run with it. I don't give a fuck because I'm a moron and shit. I know. Because as I was saying it, I knew that I was wrong because your face was like, Joey Baker. Joey Baker, Mike. That's my cool weed name. <laughs> you fucking idiot. We'll just make a whole new one now. No, nah, you have to be Puff Mama. People have, you have like stickers and shit around the city <laughs> sometimes. You just be walking, you look on a pole, you're like, Joe, as we wrap up here, is there anything that you want to tell people? Anybody listening, young weed entrepreneurs, somebody who might, a waitress out there who might be working yucks or absolute, who might be thinking, I love comedy. Something that you can, you've learned in your years as a comedy club owner, waitress, employee, delivery person for Joey Diaz, <laughs> chef for Mitch Hedberg. Have you, you would want to share doesn't have to, you don't even have to, you can give it a couple seconds to think about it. I don't give a fuck. You just gave me the widest question in the world. I'm all about finishing up our podcast on very wide question. Very broad question. A lot of parameters there. To like a young female entrepreneur who is maybe in your shoes because sometimes male club owners are the norm. Female club owners are not the norm, but they're the famous ones. Some of the most famous club owners in comedy club history. Canadian club history, 100%. You're number one. And then in American history, like I said, it's Mitzi Shore. So that means you're the Canadian Mitzi Shore. Come I'm, on. I'm, I'm nowhere near her level. It's the, That's a lie. That's a lie. It's nowhere because her comics. near her, her level. Her comics. Have you seen the comedy store? In, Have you seen? In, in the 70s, though. How beautiful. They just knew. And nice it is. And they have seating. They have actual Joey, comedy seating. I bet they have a kitchen. Fuck a kitchen. I bet the roof doesn't leak. That's why we had to leave the club, guys. We had to find a better place. I bet you 100% of the but time. Everything starts somewhere. Your comedy we club started is in the gutter. closer That's to okay. the energy. Your energy. The energy in your club is closer to the energy of something like the comedy store than a yuck yucks or an absolute could dream to be. Your comedy club is something where comedy truly uh, lives. different. No, man, it lived there. You're I'm so not going to argue humble. with I am going to 
try to convince you so hard. You cannot hard. convince me that I'm anywhere near Mitzi Shore's You're the level. Mitzi. Man, trust, no. it's not even about the loot. No, it's about near. the legacy of what you did for comedy in where you live. The legacy is the same. You might not have made the same money. Sure, okay, fuck. Who, you don't got Robin Williams and Richard Pryor dropping in, in your first few years. But you had Scott Thompson. You had Kate no, Trevor it, Wilson. No, it's more about just like how the business runs. Like She's a fantastic business person. Man. I said is. Yay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I like talking in present. I'm always, I always talk in present too. Nobody's dead to me. Nobody's passed away. Nothing is closed off. Anyway. I love you. And I think that you 2. are. Underground 2.0, I do have a better business plan and more focus rather than just. Your business first plan one, worked. We just Everything had fun. Everything was amazing. You we had didn't, the. We didn't. Anyway. I will never not let you think that you're not a fucking legend of that kind. I know in your own head, you're like, no way, man. Mitzi's up here, but you're up here for us, man. You're, you're, you're the one who did it for us. You opened up a club that we could only dream about. You gave so many comics their first jobs, their first opportunities. People worked the front door for you so that they could do your club. Mitzi doesn't live in a basement apartment. She probably, Polly probably did for fuck's sake. <laughs> that washed up biodome. Okay. You're like, I'm closer to Polly Shore than I am to Mitzi Shore. No. Listen, man, you're really funny. Don't fuck, fuck the loot. Fuck loot. It's about legacy. Oscar. And I swear to God, it's the same to us, man. Anybody, anytime a comic talks about you, it, we talk about you as this weird legendary person. Even though you're still with us and we can just talk to you and call you, we're like, yeah, but Joey has done so much. Like, okay, okay, okay. Thank you. Thank you for everything you, you did for us. You guys done a lot for me. Fuck that. You gave us the stage. How much we I show miss up. comedians and laughing? Fuck. <laughs> man. Who, okay. All right. All right. Well, last on the spot question before we get out of here. Okay. Um, if if you could change anything that you did at the underground over the years, what would it have been? Save some money so I could have survived COVID. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so I, I I have to say I I think I need to be a better business person and. Not be afraid to be successful. Oh my God. Whereas what before, a... I just wanted to have fun. Look, see, I got that closing statement out of you. Don't be afraid to be successful. Something that a lot, I, I am terrified to be successful. I have a team. And it's who... a weird thing to admit that you're even afraid of that. Why? Because who wouldn't be want, who wouldn't want success? Yeah, but you know what success is? Putting in that extra little bit that you can feel that you're not putting in, you know, you're like, I do so much and I'm already doing this I don't want to be distant from people. You have to. That's no, I, that's, I think that that's the struggle is being able to try and be successful without isolating yourself. I, I can't do it. As soon as I feel any kind of success, I want to be by myself in a room smoking weed watching Simpsons. I don't want nothing. I hate Come it here, all. Come buddy. Your toenails are loud. It's not, man. Don't even worry. Fucking this. Thank you for but ending it on something that cool. That Don't be, don't be don't afraid be a, to be successful. You're the best, Joey. Thank you for everything you've ever done for me as a comic. Thanks on behalf of everybody uh i'm so happy that i got this interview because i uh, as soon as the producers brought up that they wanted you i was like i can get joey joey's a good friend of mine and then i canceled one week then the rain fucked us up the other day we got this down rain. we needed that rain yeah we did we did man as, as as much of a father as i am the grass is good for the grass <laughs> it's good that day that water is good for the grass man but uh <laughs> joe i hope anybody who ever wants to know the history of the underground i hope i covered as much as i could in a quick little like summary, <laughs> even though there's really no, there's no way to tell it. it it's so long. 
And there's so many great moments. Thank you for sharing as much as you did. Thank you for all the cool Joey and Mitch. Thanks for and letting me here. Yo, I wanted Thanks you. Thanks for letting Oscar here. Yeah, the dog's been great, man. Everybody who's listening at home, if you've been listening this whole time, thank you so much. Uh, this is the Mike Rita Sessions. Make sure to check out the other podcasts. Make sure to check out everything and follow us on all platforms. Her name is Puff Mama. We call her Joey, if you know her personally. She was... Um, the longtime owner of a club in the next day, in the next world, in the next whatever the fuck comes after COVID, she'll be an owner again. Thank you, Joe. You're the best. Don't worry about your dog. You're such a dog owner. You're like, my dog's clinking and clank. His toenails are ruining your podcast. No, now we're going to let the credits roll and we'll do like the classic TV thing where we just talk right now and it's over. Like the dog can come up. Get up here. Get up here. That was good, Joey, man. You got some of the best stories out, man. Thank you for showing the, the Joey Diaz one and the Mitch Hedberg one. That was fantastic. Cheers.